One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Hey everybody, I'm John Cena. Hey, it's professional wrestler Colt Boom Boom Cabana. Hey, I'm Double J Jeff here. And this is Rich Swan, Matt Riddle, the King of Rose. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Do it, bro. Support Ollie. Support Luke. Support Wrestle Talk. Support Wrestle Talk. Home of Luke Owen. Whatever Wrestle Talk is, and whoever Luke Owen is, both the Ravens. Nevermore. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wrestle Talk podcast. I am Chubba Bequinell, and today I'm joined by Tempest the Wrestler. <coughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I'm Tempest. He's Tempest. He's still <laughs> Tempest. After all this time, he's still Tempest. How are you doing today, man? Um, I'm exceedingly tired. You know, mm-hmm. basically all the problems that we've talked about on the podcast for like the last week or two have all kind of compounded at this point. Whether it's been the the terrible vaccine rollout here in Ontario, which just seems driven to make sure that I don't get a vaccine while everyone mm-hmm. else around me does. Nice. And also, uh, the rooster is still here. It's still there. It's still Crikey. here. I whatever day the twenty first was, whatever day that was, Wednesday Three I think was. It. Yeah, that yeah. was supposed to be the move out day. It's mm-hmm. la- the last day available. That, that this rooster can afford to live in this yard and it's still there. I, I, I gave, pompous. I gave the bylaw people a call on, on the 22nd and they're like, Oh, well we'll send out an officer tomorrow to, to see what's going on. And then if it's still there, uh, just give us a call next week. So now here I am <laughs> waiting for next week. Cause it's still there waking me up at like 6am. So Jesus a little Christ. tired, but it was, just a good SmackDown. So I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, it really, it really was. Um, yeah, this is hopefully going to be a bit more of a positive show this week because it was all right. It was a pretty good show. It actually felt like a show compared mm-hmm. to last week, which didn't. Um, but yes, uh, let's 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 get into talk about SmackDown. We got a few emails that we'll get to in the uh, outro of the show, but for now we're getting to the main portion. Uh, where first things first, we're going to be talking about this Daniel Bryan match that was set up with Roman Reigns for next week, and Bryan might be leaving SmackDown. It's all very exciting. Let's talk about it. So the first thing we're going to be talking about is this, yeah, this angle that was set up with Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns on this show, also featuring Cesaro, um, which started off uh, with the opening segment, uh, which was, let me get my notes up here. I'm not very organized. Sorry, I was rushing before we went live. Um, But we we got a a recap of uh, Roman and Cesaro from last week and all the the stuff that they did. Big fan of the fact that in the recap package, they still managed to in- include a clip of Cesaro doing the UFO at WrestleMania with Naturally. Michael Cole saying, this is a quote here, Michael Cole said, and the, the voiceover line on it said, the single most impressive moment in WrestleMania history. 
killing me. What? What? <laughs> what? It's, it's not. It was very cool, but it's definitely not, considering he literally did it the year before. <laughs> anyway, it is yeah. a um, I would have thought that the takeaway would have been like, hey, Cesaro got his big singles WrestleMania win against Seth Rollins. That's a big deal. But no, they're like, oh, it's spin. Just it's fine. Did an airplane spin. <laughs> yeah, it really did. Uh, but yeah, so it started off with Cesaro in the ring, who was going to cut a promo, but got interrupted uh, by uh, Seth Rollins before he could even get out a word. Uh, Rollins came out. I thought Rollins had a really good promo here. It was it very, it was quite funny, and him just being like very over the top, charismatic with his new character is very good. He fits that role really well. I think he blamed his loss on the rain delay at WrestleMania, just saying, "Oh, I was off my game because of the rain." Blah 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 blah. Um, and uh, and then Cesaro offered a challenge. Said. I do you want to fight then? Because I'm feeling pretty good. If you want to, if you want to go again, uh, Rollins looks like he's going to accept. Makes his way down the ring, but Jey Uso comes out and says, "No, I want to fight Cesaro because he the the, the uh, tribal chief, and I faced him last week, and he can't beat me because Rollins caused the DQ last week." Um, but before they can get into it, it looks like they're going to do a two on one attack. Daniel Bryan comes out. And he cuts a promo saying uh, kind of on behalf of Cesaro being like he deserves a universal title shot against Roman Reigns. He's worked harder than anybody in this company. He's worked harder than me. He's worked harder than you guys. He's worked harder than everybody in here. Uh, and uh, he says, look, I know Roman's going to come out and we're going to get beaten up three on two. And that's just the way it goes. But hey, if we're going to face be facing three on two, then there's no one I'd rather be beside than than Cesaro, which I thought was quite a nice way to put over Cesaro as well. Um anyone who wants to fight should come out, he says. Reigns then comes out. I think he called Brian a bottom. I don't know <laughs> if you can do that, Reigns, but that's okay. Um but then he says, yeah, you shouldn't be running your mouth like that because the people want to beat you up. And then he walks off and then and there's an ad break. And wouldn't you know, we got ourselves a tag team match. Players of uh, Rollins and Uso versus Brian and Cesaro. Uh, I thought this was a pretty solid opening little promo segment. I thought Cecil was very strong. Uh, and I kind of liked the... I sort of liked the way they set up the tag team match. It wasn't as... It felt a little convoluted at times, but it, it got to the place it needed to get to, basically, uh, without too much offensive stuff. So, yeah, I thought it was good. So... I will start off my line of thought here by saying I thought this episode of SmackDown was pretty brilliant, actually. Yeah. I I have so few things to say about this show negatively, although mm-hmm. a few of them are in this first segment. So I Fair wanted enough. to kind of say, like, believe me, this show is going to get a very high rating. And I'm trying mm-hmm. right now to, like, not be negative for no reason towards certain things. But there are a few things that stood out in this first segment that I wasn't the biggest fan of. Really, just one really small nitpick and a few other things I just wanted to point out. Mm-hmm. The only thing I didn't like was that when Daniel Bryan came out to like even the odds, he did his like yes, yes, yes entrance. Mm-hmm. Because to me, if your buddy's about to get double teamed, you'd probably just run. But again, that's a very, that's like, that's another WWE ism where you have to do your entrance because fans want to see the entrance, right? So I'm not going to get super into it. It's just like, that's just how they are. But it did stick out to me. Otherwise, 
Daniel Bryan working essentially as Cesaro's manager is something that was a little bit weird to me just because WWE seems to be so against the idea of managers, you know, like it's been very clear over the last like decade or two decades that they're like managers are like a dirty word, unless you're Paul Heyman, like you don't really get like the Bobby Heenan's and, you know, the Paul bearers and guys like that, but they like the idea enough to have Daniel Bryan just fill that role for this episode. And it makes me just kind of think, well, why don't you just get a really good manager for Cesaro and you can effect- effectively fill the same role here? That being said, everyone here played their role just so, so well. Daniel Bryan is like, he's amazing. He's Daniel Bryan. He's one of the best wrestlers of all time. That goes without saying. And he was a perfect foil. It's like, I guess I just hadn't seen Daniel Bryan in this role of like the old veteran baby face. Because to me, he's still like young and working right now. Like, I don't know. He doesn't he doesn't fill the same role to me that like Shawn Michaels did at the end of his run. And when I think more about it, it's pretty similar, honestly. Like this great, amazing in-ring wrestler with great promo ability who is now at the end of his run and is helping to get that next generation of people over. But I don't know. It's weird. Like, that's just how my brain works. It's not me looking at things the same way, but it was done so well in this case. So I don't really have a problem with it. And then the match was really good. The match was great. Yeah. The match yeah. was really good because they actually gave it time. That This yeah. was like a 20 plus minute opener. It went through two ad breaks and the action was really good. Like oh, there are four amazing wrestlers in the mm-hmm. ring. And they put on some really good... This is like a, a main event worthy level match that they put on the opener, which is also a thumbs up. And then give uh, giving them loads more time. There's tons of little bits in this match that I really enjoyed. Like, Because when we came back from the ad break, the match had technically been made, but it hadn't started yet because they were just brawling the whole time, supposedly. Um, and then uh, when, when the match gets going, Cesaro gets out of the ring and Rollins is out of the ring. And as Uso's there, he tries to take his T-shirt off and Brian just drop kicks him into the corner. And then they just keep wrestling with Jay with his T-shirt on. He's like, that made it feel a bit more like, I don't know, like real to me that yeah. like, yeah, you wouldn't wait for the guy to take his T-shirt off. You would just go kick him kind of thing. Um, yeah, it was, it, it was pretty good. Uh, really enjoyed all the in-ring action on this one. So many near falls. I was like, okay, well, this is the finish then. It isn't. Okay, fair enough. Um, lots of like, there was a really cool pop-up uppercut. There was... Um, the uh it was a really big super kick from Jey Uso and stuff like that and it was a splash onto Brian you know all sorts of stuff that was like okay that's the finish and then it wasn't mm. um however I didn't like the finish I really didn't like the finish uh which was after basically no reason after all like 20 minutes going through two ad breaks and everything Seth Rollins just walks away from the match which is a bit pants and then Brian hits a running knee on Jey Uso and wins. And it's like, well, that then takes away from the babyface's victory because they won when it was two on one, which is just not as good as them just winning. And especially because it was so quick afterwards, like Seth probably wouldn't have impacted the result anyway um, because he literally walked away running knee victory kind of thing. Um, but it's still, it still just had that disconnect for me. Where I was like, oh, that's just... It's just a bit of a downer on it at the end, because if Seth was just, I don't know, taken out on the outside and then they won, 
that's it. That's all, that's all you need. That's just a clean, proper, good victory. And even though his presence probably wouldn't have changed it for me, it's still that like it's like an asterisk on the victory, being like ah, but Seth walked away, so mm, it's not quite as a big a victory as it seems, kind of thing. Um, and just in general, I'm not a huge fan of people just walking away from matches, e- even though I know it's Seth Rollins and Jey Uso, and they're not a tag team, and it's part of Seth's character to protect himself, and I totally understand that. But just in general, because there was no reason for it as well. If there was something in the match where Seth was just getting dogpiled on and he was like, I, I, I can't stand for this anymore kind of thing. But he was just kind of there. And then he was like, I don't want to be here anymore. And then walked away. And I was like, mm, but, but why? <laughs> but why? Yeah. You've already been here for 20 plus minutes. Why now? What's what's caused you to leave now? Yeah, I don't know. Um, but yeah. It was still a great match. I'm just not a huge fan of the finish. Right people won though, so that's always a yeah. plus. Yeah. It 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 helps a lot that the the right team won. Mm. You know, and I've never been a big fan of the idea of just like I've been wrestling for 20 minutes, but now I don't care. And now I'm willing to lose and just walk away. You know. So uh yeah, I'm not a huge fan of the finish. But this episode of SmackDown was so heavy on like in-ring action and mm. good in-ring action at that, that honestly, I'm willing to look past it just for the sake of positivity. Fair enough. Uh, the positive tempest we've got today. Um, but uh, after that, we then um, we then had a promo segment immediately afterwards where uh, Brian again is talking for Cesaro, kind of being the mouthpiece for him, which I thought was a pretty creative way to get over Cesaro's like kind of lack of promo ability. Um, because I think they there can be very convoluted ways to just be like, oh, you can't cut a promo, so we won't have it. And I thought this episode did a pretty good job of getting Cesaro over without having Cesaro have to talk and just letting his in ring work do the action, putting on a 20 plus minute tag match is step one. And also, he just swung Jey Uso for ages here, mm-hmm. while Daniel Bryan cut promo is like, "Hey, Roman, you gonna come save your cousin? You gonna, you gonna do it? You should probably should. Like, he's your family. You know, you're the, the tribal chief. Your whole thing is that you protect, uh, you provide for your family. Your family's here right now, getting swung. You should probably come rescue him. But he never did because he's an asshole. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I just thought it was pretty effective in him just saying like, you know." I, I guess Roman's scared because he knows that if he faces Cesaro, Cesaro will be universal champion. I was like, this is a great way to continue the push of Cesaro and make him seem like a big deal in in Daniel Bryan's eyes and in the fans' eyes uh, without having to like really damage too much else, without having to showcase any of Cesaro's weaknesses. It's just highlighting his strengths, which are in-ring work. That's what he does. And they did a great job of doing that. Great opening match. And yeah, and the the promo segment afterwards where he didn't have to talk it's perfect yeah love love this like this is what i'm this is what i was talking about when it comes to like they should have a manager for cesaro because Mm. you could have had someone playing this role that daniel bryan played on this episode like forever you know have cesaro just swing people for an entire promo segment while someone talks about how great he is like that's Mm -hmm. so that seems just like such a a no-brainer that they just haven't done yet. And you see it for the first time here where Daniel Bryan is cutting the promo and it's like, Oh, it works so well. Mm -hmm. Like it makes Cesaro feel like such a big deal. Yeah. I love it. I want to see it more often. I don't know that we will, but I would like to. Yeah. I'd really like that. 
Um, we got a backstage segment with Apollo Cruz afterwards. Uh, we'll come to that later. Sorry, I'm, my, my brain's getting ahead because I was just going to do the play-by-play of the whole thing. We're not doing mm. that. We're talking about the Roman Bryan stuff. God, both of us are quite tired today. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, this was all uh, leading to stuff later on. We got a backstage promo uh, from Daniel Bryan. He went over to uh, Adam Pearce and we said, hey, you should really make the match between Cesar and Roman Reigns for the Universal Championship. Like, you, you have the power. You should make it. I love that Adam Pearce here said, I can't just snap my fingers and make it happen. I was like, can't you? Yeah. Isn't that literally you your job? That? That's literally your job to do that. You're <laughs> the one that we... made the triple threat at Mania. Yeah. When have we ever seen an authority figure just being like, oh, well, you know, have to run it by the board of directors first. <laughs> you know, like what? No. I, I, I think what they were trying to get across is that he doesn't want to do it because it involves Roman and like, you know, whole history with Roman Roman's a bit of a knob and he'd make complications and stuff like that. But they didn't really say that and it didn't yeah. come across that way at all. Uh, it was just like, well, I don't have the power. Like, yeah, you do. Um, yeah. This reminds me of uh, a time, it was like 10 years ago now, when you remember when Christian lost the heavyweight title to Randy Orton, like immediately after he won it? Yeah. Yeah. Right at, because Randy Orton was given this title match by Teddy Long on the SmackDown right after Extreme Rules. And Christian's like, all right, just just won this title, but, you know, fighting champion, let's do it. And then he loses. And immediately afterwards, like the next week or a couple weeks later, he's like, you can just give me a, a rematch. And Teddy Long's like, Christian, you know I can't do that. I was like, why not? <laughs> why not? You, well, you literally just did it to the other guy. Why do you just hate Christian so much? And this was yeah. the same thing to me. I was like, why can't you? Why do you just hate Cesaro? Throw Cesaro a bone. Yeah, that was great. Um, we got a backstage promo from Paul Heyman uh, later on with Kata Braxton, uh, who confirmed that we were getting an answer for Cesaro's challenge by the end of the night would be Roman Reigns' answer. Uh, and then it all led into kind of the main event segment, which was Cesaro and Brian came back out expecting Roman's answer. Roman comes out, they call out Reigns once again, and Roman comes out. And I really liked Roman's promo here. He got really fired up in uh, Cesaro's face and just being like, who are you? You haven't earned this shot. Like, get to, get your ass out of here. There was something along those lines. Get to the back of the line. Jack, he didn't say Jack. That would that would be bad. Um, That's but John Cena thing, yeah. John Cena um, calls people Jack when he's yeah, amped no, up. It's the worst. Um, but uh, yeah, it was really really solid promo. And said, no, I'm not. I'm not going to respond to your challenge. In fact, I'm going to give the challenge. And he looks over at Brian and goes to you. And I was like, huh, interesting. Uh, and he says, yeah, I'll let you have one more shot at the Universal Championship. But if you lose when you lose, which I, I liked when he said that, uh, then you, I don't want to see you on my show ever again. You've got to leave SmackDown if you lose. And Brian said, okay, I accept, and got in his face and was like, yeah, that's fine. Uh, very fun promo, and that sets up a huge match, because that's on next week's SmackDown. They're not even doing it on pay-per-view. They're doing it on SmackDown. Great! More of that! <laughs> um, and this still feels like, because I've said before, I'm a huge fan of them kind of... Uh, not using Roman too much and only using him in very like specific matches and roles. This still fills that role for me because Brian leaving SmackDown, that's a huge deal. Like that, mm -hmm. that's a big stipulation to put into this match. And that still feels like a big, big match for, for next week's show. So I'm hoping that it is a good match and not something that has like, I hope it's not an angle and I hope it's not like some 
crappy DQ finish where it's like, yeah. oh, we'll have to do it again at Backlash or something stupid. Um, but I, I am very intrigued as to where that goes. I think it's it's made me want to watch next week's show, which really is all you can ask for for stuff like this. Uh, yeah, oh, it's really good. I'm really, really, really curious to see where this goes because I don't think Ryan's going to win. And I don't know whether that means he's just going to go over to Raw or this is tying in with this whole contract expiring thing or... I don't know. Maybe Edge is going to cost him the match next week, and Brian has to go after that. I don't know. I'm I'm quite intrigued. Yes. Uh, I mean, so many thoughts having to do with this segment and then the proposed match. Like, I love, love, love Roman Reigns promos. Like, I've always really enjoyed the guy who can go out and say his promo with a quiet intensity. Mm. Like, he's not. He's right now. He doesn't need to be like ah, just shouting. Got to get my point across. Like. That's what we saw out of the Jey Uso promo last week. And it's a perfect contrast when you look at how calm Roman Reigns is. Like he's got just such a calm confidence about him right now. It reminds me a lot of when Chris Jericho was a heel in like 2008, where he had like his whole thing was he's quiet. He's got an intensity about him. But if you if you see behind his eyes, he would just be like this super intense killer. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so great. I love Roman Reigns. I love this promo. And I really do enjoy that he gives the gives the challenge to Daniel Bryan. And immediately Cesaro's like, well, you got to do it. Yes. You got to do it. Because like they're baby faces. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're supposed to be friends. How often would we have seen him say that to Daniel Bryan and Cesaro go, God, it's my shot. It's not fair. <laughs> and then they there's how can they coexist, you know? Yeah, we didn't get that. And I really enjoy that. And now we've got this match for next week, which ties into a bunch of the reports that we've seen lately about Daniel Bryan wanting to wrestle elsewhere. He's thinking about hanging it up. You know, they talked forever about how this WrestleMania was perhaps his last. So there's a bunch of different ways that you can look at it and be like, this could be Daniel Bryan's retirement match. Mm. If they really wanted it to be, this could be his last match. And that's very intriguing. I I don't know. Personally, I would have liked to have seen it, not even necessarily on pay-per-view, but the, if this is Daniel Bryan's last match, I think it would probably deserve more than a week's build. But even still, one week build for a TV match is so much more than I'm used to with WWE programming. So honestly, this is this is more than fine by me. It gave me mm-hmm. a match that I am looking forward to. Should be a good match with high stakes and things that I can be invested in. That's like all you can ask for out of pro wrestling in general. And Absolutely. I don't know, WWE hit a home run with this segment and the whole Daniel Bryan, Cesaro, Roman Reigns thing on the whole show. I thought it was all just fantastic, honestly. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ready to pop the question? 
The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. But let's see what uh, what you guys uh, what you guys thought. Uh, we've got a general, a couple of general SmackDown chats here. One from Perseus, and by the way, get in your super chats at super chats, ultra chats. We don't do super chats anymore. Uh, the ultra chats at wrestlelock.com forward slash support. Link is on the screen right there, and we can get through all of your messages. They'll get read out on the stream, and we'll get to every single one of them before we get out of here. Uh, Perseus M comes in to say, for a second at the start, I thought married to Becky was Rollins's intangible. Well, yeah, kinda. Could be. <laughs> You know, basically is at that point, yeah. I mean, uh, Triple H isn't tangible as married to Stephanie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and we've got another one here from Tans that says, uh, "I've missed you guys lately. Haven't been able to watch a WrestleTalk slash PFK live stream in months." Uh, Tempest, if you ever do make it out to uh, somewhere, you oh come on, you can read that. Give it Sas- a try. Saskatchewan. That's close enough. It's Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan. Yeah. <laughs> Green gimmick and whiskey on me. I don't know what that means, but yeah, have a good weekend, boys. Hashtag jam that jam. Sounds like a drink, which it, I'm up for. Yeah. It's out yeah, it, it definitely does sound like a drink. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> let's make it happen, Jans. Uh, Whenever I happen to be in Saskatchewan, I don't know why I would ever be in Saskatchewan, but if the opportunity arises, I'll take you up on that. Absolutely. Uh, we got one here from Matthew Makovsky uh, that says, I have a few thoughts about this. If Roman wins clean, what the hell does Brian do? And run an NXT? O'Reilly versus Brian? Gargano versus Brian? Something good. Also, I want to understand where this Alistair stuff is going. I'm intrigued. Could challenge Roman. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk more about the Alistair Black stuff uh, when we get to that uh, in the main portion of the show, because I'm sure both of us have some thoughts. I most certainly do. Um if Roman does win clean, I don't know what Brian's going to do. And I think that's part of the intrigue for me. I don't mm-hmm. he, Could he do a couple matches in NXT? Sure. Would that be really cool? Absolutely. I don't think I'd want him to have a run properly down there. 
a couple feature matches would be great. Yeah, stuff against like Kyle, go against Johnny. I don't know, some other people I can't think of right now. Just put him against Walter. I don't care. Um, you know, have him have some really fun matches in NXT before he goes or does whatever he's going to do. Sure. Uh, but not a. I don't think I wanted want him to have like a Finn Balor run down there. I don't think right. that would work for Brian. But yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. The intrigue about what will happen to Daniel Bryan is a big part of this match. And I I agree again, like, I don't want this to just end up with like, oh, Jey Uso runs in, it's a DQ, or Edge runs in, it's a double DQ, whatever. Ah, uh, we can't, oh, uh, we don't know what's going to happen. This, to me, was like a perfectly set up next chapter that got me excited for next week. And I want it to be as big of a payoff then as it was now. You know, I need there to be like, I want someone to lose and then them to stick to a stipulation. Like, I want this to be a big match. I don't want this to just be a throwaway thing. Like, if Mm -hmm. this is big, this could be one of the bigger WWE angles of the year. And I'd really love to see that. Uh, But for now, let's talk about the rest of the show. Um, so we start off with that opening segment, as we mentioned, with Cesaro and Brian in that opening match, which was great. Uh, we then got a backstage promo with Apollo Crews going to Adam Pearce and saying he has to defend his Intercontinental Championship against Kevin Owens tonight, uh, which I thought, one, good, gives KO something to do that's not just Sami Zayn constantly. And it kind of, I don't want to say elevates him, but it gives him, because he's already kind of at that at that level anyway, but it kind of incorporates, you know, the other feuds. You kind of get a sense of where they are on the card as well. Like the whole KO Sammy thing could have been perceived as like an undercard thing, but positioning around the Intercontinental title was like, oh, okay, he's he's still kind of in that upper mid card ish kind of kind of role, which is nice. And it's not Big E, which is also nice. So you can have multiple feuds kind of coming together at the same time, which is also good. So yeah, thumbs up from me from them setting that one up. Um. We got a little backstage promo from Jey Uso saying that if Cesaro steps to the head of the table, he's about to get put down. Ooh. He's hard. Jey Uso, yeah. <laughs> As Tempest mentioned, this show was really great. Lots of positives. Do you want to know one thing All that wasn't very good? Right. Do, do you want to know the one segment that was really bad on this show? <sighs> it's Nia Jax versus Tamina, everyone. It went back to the women's tag stuff, which is still terrible. Oh my god. So first things first, Reginald's back. Uh, Fine. Fine. It's fine. It's fine. (laughs) I'll get I'll give him another chance. It's a fresh Reginald. A Freginald. And we're gonna see how it goes, okay? Okay, Andy. (laughs) And (laughs) I I have Strong, conflicting feeling. Anyone who watched my edited review, uh, edited review would know I have very mixed feelings on this uh, on this uh, segment. Uh, the mix of them all being negative. Uh, but the annoying thing about this is they're kind of listening to the fans because they they heard the people at WrestleMania be really into Tamina. So then they're pushing Tamina because they're listening to the fans. And that is everything we've wanted WWE to do for years. And they've done it with Tamina, which is like, you couldn't do it with anyone else, like anyone else. Because then I feel like I can't be annoyed at this because you're doing what we want you to do. But it is also really bad at the same time. It's just, 
oh, it's annoying. I'll I'll get through the facts first before we go full ham on this. But yeah. uh, they, they they play a little video package to be like, oh, Tamina got her WrestleMania moment. Crab was super into Tamina. Everyone loves Tamina. This is all great. Um, and then the match doesn't go very long between Nia and Tamina, obviously. And uh, Reginald does, tries to do a distraction on the outside. Uh, Shayna and Tamina both don't like it. And Tamina, um, uh, uh, sorry, Shayna pulls Reggie off the apron as Tamina's going to go hit him. And instead, Tamina just kicks Shayna. She didn't need to do that, but she did it anyway. So then Shayna got annoyed at Reginald because he was the one that put her in, in harm's way. Reginald kind of falls over the steps. Nia Jax gets distracted by that because Shayna's mouthing off to Reginald. And then Nia gets hit with a super kick and then she gets rolled up and Tamina wins. And then they're all going, oh my God, what happened? This is crazy. Tamina's like, I did it. It's like, you won with a roll up. That doesn't really count. You won after like a minute, after a distraction. That's not the best. And then everyone's kind of going, and then there's just silence on the commentary for a little bit. And everyone's just kind of going, what the hell is going on? And Michael Cole just goes, there's a lot going on here. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, there really is, Michael Cole. There really is a lot going on here. You're quite right. Oh. Oh... God. I didn't like this at all. No. Not even no. a little bit. Like, I'll again, I'll be totally honest. I thought, if you took this segment out, I thought this was probably the best show of WWE programming I've seen this year that wasn't, like, WrestleMania Night 1. Like, I thought this was just an excellent show from start to finish. Mm-hmm. That being said, I think this is the worst match that I've seen in 2021. <laughs> like... This was a disaster. Yeah. Everything they did in this match got messed up. Like they mm-hmm. were falling all over each other. A number of like the slams, they just kind of like fell on top of each other and rolled around. Shayna tried to grab Tamia's foot like three times and like grabbed it. And the ref was like, hey, stop that. And she let go, but they messed up the spot like three times. And you could tell because Tamina still like eventually got knocked down and just rolled to the outside, which mm-hmm. is usually what happens when like the get pulled outside spot goes awry. That got messed up. It looked like the whole Reginald thing was like really messy. And then the schoolboy finish got messed up. She did the move wrong. Like, I don't think a single thing in this match was done properly. I this i'm really trying to be positive on this show like i'm really trying and they've made it very easily very easy for me because this show on the whole was very good but this was just this was a disaster this was was the biggest disaster i've seen this year it's really bad the women's tag stuff is just been awful lately like there's so many talented people on this roster that Alistair Black sat in catering for like six months. Peyton Royce just got released. Mickey James and Chelsea Green both just got released. But you can find a spot on TV every single week for like two years for Nia Jax. Mm. Like, yeah. I don't want to just be that guy that hates on Nia Jax, but like, come on. <laughs> we get matches like this because of it like who writes down tamina versus nia Jax on a piece of paper and it's like that's gonna be a good one mm-hmm. yeah yeah I, I don't know man like like i said in my edited review earlier the women's tag stuff just feels like 
it's it's the little nugget of raw that's put into my otherwise very pleasant smackdown yeah it's that ju- really is how it feels yeah it's wow. ju- it's it's just real bad anyway that's the worst part of the show done um we had a really really fun promo between biggie and kevin owens next Loved really it. enjoyed this little promo uh, because obviously Kevin Owens is getting the shot of the Intercontinental Championship and Biggie wants his rematch. That's still his title in his mind. That's still his title that he wants. Um, I'm not a huge fan of the whole rematch thing, but this makes sense for this because Biggie's kind of obsessed with that title. That was his title and it, the character motivation wise, it makes a lot of sense. Um, and uh, Kevin Owens backstage and he, uh, Biggie uh, kind of comes in and just says, uh, you know, well, funny that I, I feel like you're a bit of a line jumper. And they're doing like very overly for anything. Like, oh, really? Oh, yeah, that's really that's really great. How you're getting the shot at my incontinental title. It's like, oh, yeah, um, a very like fake camaraderie kind of thing. Uh, and Kevin Owens just says like, oh, it's funny that you think it's your title because when I win tonight, it's going to be my title. Isn't that great? And they're kind of like laughing and joking. And then both of them just kind of drop the, the laughs and kind of stare at each other. And then Kevin Owens walks off and I was like, that's really good. It's two baby faces, but they don't, they both want the same thing. So they're kind of being like, I like you, but also I don't like you kind of vibes. It was really good, really good stuff. Yeah. I, I, again, I thought this was perfect, you know, like it was really, it was a really good segment to, again, set up exactly what you were just talking about, how they're both baby faces and normally they would get along, but it's, it's not like they're the ones that are fighting right now, but they could be like if Kevin mm-hmm. Owens wins this match, then all of a sudden Kevin Owens and Big E is the match. And all of a sudden now you've got two guys who normally would get along just kind of be like okay okay we we might have to fight soon so mm-hmm. tension but also not like really going at each other like hated rivals it was a very good mix a very good blend of like character and motivation right here and this is the kind of thing that i like i like nuance in my wrestling and this was this was a good example of it yeah uh something that wasn't particularly nuanced <laughs> That's very harsh. I just like the segue. <laughs> uh, was uh, Kevin Owens versus Apollo Crews, which was a very fun match. I, the, again, the in-ring action, very, very strong. Um, really, really enjoyed uh, the vast majority of the match, except for the finish once again, uh, because we got Commander Aziz, right? Who's uh, the, Apollo's new um, big man, big muscle man. The thing I don't like about Commander Aziz is that we're supposed to completely ignore that Babatunde and Dabakato ever existed and that Raw Underground ever existed and that entire timeline doesn't happen. Um, like I, I would have preferred it if they, instead of treating him like this completely new person that we've never seen before, he's so big. If they said like, oh, Apollo Crews has recruited him from, you know, yeah. whatever. Like he, he's been, he'd been floundering after Raw Underground and, and Apollo Crews brought him in kind of thing. That would have been fine. But it's just like them just being like, who's this man? It's like, we've seen he's him for so months. He's so big. Yeah. Oh my God. Pat McAfee on this show said that Ooh. he was the biggest human he'd ever seen. And I was like, yeah. did you miss WrestleMania where almost was on the same show? L- the literally. exact same show. I had the exact same note written down. <laughs> Like the the thing the thing with Pat McAfee, I think he's perfectly good on commentary. Pat McAfee's fine. The only thing with Pat McAfee is he deals in absolutes a lot. And he said, like, it might be the largest human I've ever seen. And then he said in the the Rey Mysterio match later, he was just like, I think this is the best Rey Mysterio has ever been. It's like, that's not (laughs) true, Pat. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, but oh, yeah. Man. But, but I do fine. like I do like the idea of like Apollo Crews recruiting Dabakato mm. to be this. Because yeah. you could still have him be like, oh, I'm gonna dress you up as my big Nigerian general, and that's gonna be that's gonna be your thing. You know, like you could have it be because I guess I guess you'd have to change the character a little bit because in Apollo Cruz's mind, he's not crazy. Mm. And because to me, looking at this, he seems crazy because he doesn't have an accent, you know, that he just one day found this accent. I find that it's 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 dumb, right? Like that part of it is dumb. They pulled the reverse Kofi Kingston on him and, and he found an accent. So I think I don't know. It's not like the most serious character, but I think it could be a lot more fun of like if you know that he's kind of nuts pretending to be this this Nigerian prince royalty like descendant whatever and have that be part of the joke and have like commander Aziz be like why am i wearing all this like he's mm-hmm. he's my boss i'm protecting him you know i'm going to i'm going to hit my big Nigerian nail Samoan spike finish into people's faces but this is a little weird but again he's he's cutting the checks i don't know i think that would be more fun than just he's a heel with a heel bodyguard full stop yeah i guess so um but but regardless i thought it was a very good match up until the finish which was a distraction finish uh and then he did a roll up because that's the exact same finish that we had in the previous match Mm -hmm. not a huge fan of distraction roll up finishes uh and then immediately afterwards ko uh hits a stunner onto apollo cruz uh commander aziz uh gets in and hits the nigerian nail which is as you mentioned the samoan spike um that that's been brought back now as the nigerian nail onto kevin owens i thought ko's standing of this was very good yeah i always quite i always quite liked the samoan spike i thought it was kind of cool it's different at the very least uh, which was nice but ko's standing of this i thought was pretty good him just kind of like uh, coughing up um like spit and stuff like that on the on the cell was pretty good i liked it um yeah i don't really know What's going to happen from it? I don't know because we had another backstage segment later, which we might as well talk about now, where uh, Biggie uh, attacks Apollo backstage because Apollo comes out for a post-match interview and uh, and him saying that you know I, I'm still your Intercontinental Champion, I'm the best. Did you see me? I beat Kevin Owens. I'm great. Uh, but then Biggie comes in and just attacks him backstage and gets pulled away almost immediately. Um, so I don't know. I don't know whether they're going to build like a triple threat feud going forward for the IC title, which I think would be a nice a nice change-up. I don't know how Sami Zayn's going to get involved, because afterwards Sami Zayn came out during this match and was on commentary, and afterwards kind of danced around Kevin Owens while he was on the mat, which was funny. Um, so I don't know where he slots into it. I don't know whether that was the one-and-done for KO, and now he's just out of the Intercontinental picture. It was just a filler match. I don't know. But I would I, I guess hope, that, honestly. I would guess that too. Um, but I'm, I I would hope that they could maybe do like a four-way feud for the title or something with Sammy and, and KO involved. I, I quite like that, just to make it a little bit different from what's been going on, because it's just two feuds that have been combined. I think it's cool. Yeah, They could, they could make that work. Yeah, I was about to say, uh, the Sammy Zayn, Kevin Owens thing, I'm ready to see like some progression in this story. Like I haven't had too much of a problem with anything up to this point. But now I'm like, okay, I need the next step. Like, where's the story going? Mm-hmm. And I thought we were going to get that at the end of this segment, but he just kind of danced over uh, Kevin Owens' prone body. So to, to each their own, this wasn't the week for it, but I would like to think that it's coming, 
You know, I need that. I need the next chapter in this story. And if they just turned it into a four-way for the Intercontinental Championship, that to me is a really fun way of like introducing a new element into this story and perhaps giving both of them like, I know Sami Zayn was just the Intercontinental Champion a few months ago, but it gives both of them something material to fight over instead of just like a win, which clearly didn't really mean much at WrestleMania considering they're still going. So I'm interested to see where they go next. Me too. Um, I quite liked, we got that backstage promo from Paul Heyman that I mentioned earlier, but I liked the the transition from Kayla Braxton here, who said, I'll never get tired of Sami Zayn's dancing. Anyway, switching gears, here's Paul Heyman. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, man. WWE backstage interviewers, really, they get the short end of the stick, don't they? Goodness me. They sure they give, do. They give them zero personality to work with. Uh, but then we got, very interesting part of the show because it was the return of Alistair Black. Oh my God, it's been so long. Um, He came back with a brand new uh, vignette, brand new gimmick seemingly. Uh, really curious about this stuff because it was all kind of very dark, very culty kind of thing. A lot of candles and him reading a book. And it was chapter one, The Dragon. This was all about the, the story of how uh, father used to take him uh, to witness was it funerals that he went to and he realized that it wasn't he was being taught how to become the dragon out of it rather than slaying the dragon yeah. i think it was a lot of confusing words but i will say the art style on it i thought was brilliant mm -hmm. loved it so much uh there were two things that came to mind immediately of immediate comparisons and that's the uh, the scene in the first Deathly Hallows movie. Yes, where they I was going to bring this up. <laughs> yeah, where they did the, the description of the Deathly Hallows. Uh, yeah. And also an episode in The Legend of Korra when they did uh, where the original Avatar... God, I've forgotten his name now. Aang? The no, the, the, the first oh. Avatar in The Legend oh. of Korra. Uh, God, what's his name? That's going to bug me. But anyway, really cool art style. And it's the, it's the story of how the Avatar came to be and how the, the very first Avatar got his powers and stuff like that. Um, but uh, yeah, uh, art style was awesome. Really loved it. And genuinely, I'm really curious about where the story is going to go. It's probably going to go nowhere because it's WWE and they don't have my faith in that regard. But right now, I'm all in on this. I really like mm -hmm. it. It's cool. He's, it was a bit of a you people promo. It was a bit of like, you people all suck and you do some terrible things that should be scorched off the earth. And it was like, well, I, I need to know what we do wrong yeah. for the next bit. But I'm in. So far, I'm I'm in. I'm I'm liking this. I'm liking where this is going. Yeah, I thought the I thought the art style in this was just like beautiful. I hope it. Mm. I really hope it comes back like week to week for these vignettes because I loved it. Absolutely love because I immediately thought of the Deathly Hallows Part One uh, with this, which I think that's probably my favorite part of that movie too. So that was a really nice tie-in. One is his name. Thank you. Thank you, Chat. Oh, yeah. I guess that makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I had like, I wouldn't say mixed feelings because I was very happy to see this and I'm very happy to see Alistair Black back. But this did kind of feel like a lot of the spooky man promos that we've seen. Again, it was really well done and it would probably mm. be in the upper tier of ones that we've seen. But I'm hoping to see more of like the character and motivation from Alistair Black as we go on because yeah, I mean, it, it was a You People promo mixed with like a spooky original Bray Wyatt promo where he was kind of the cult leader. So 
you can mix those things together and create something new. And I hope that they do. So again, I'm very yep. invested in this. I want Alistair Black to succeed real bad. Me too. Yeah. Real, real bad. Um, we then got a backstage promo with the Street Profits and Ziggler and Rude. Good God, they're still feuding. Uh-huh. Um, Bailey then comes in and kind of separates them up. And then she kind of takes over the backstage interview and kind of badmouths Bianca Belair and says she's going to beat her and become the new face of the women's division where she needs to be because she's the one who built the division, blah, 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 blah. Uh, nice little touch here, I thought. Montez Ford came back in with Bianca Belair on speaker on his phone and was like, hey, just so you know, she's talking mad trash about you. Just throwing it out there. Um, and she says, don't worry, I'll be right there. And it goes to an ad break. It comes back. Bianca Belair's there. And she's kind of chatting to Bailey and being like, what were you saying? I heard you had your, uh, my name in your mouth. Do you want to say it again? Uh, didn't get this next bit, though. Where mm-hmm. Bailey, she she changed tack and was just like, you know, classic classic heel stuff of her just being like, oh, you know, I was just saying, you know, big congratulations for winning at WrestleMania. And, you know, it would be an honor to face you at Backlash. And it's going to be a great match and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, classic heel, Bailey, sure, whatever. She walks off. And I was like, okay, that's fine. Bianca then goes, oh, you know, wow, that was weird. That's not what I expected to say. Then Bailey came back in. And then she laughed like a lunatic. And then she walked off again. Yeah. I didn't get the end of this at all. What? <laughs> what was that? Because it, it wasn't even like the kind of laughter where it was like, ha, I got you kind of thing. She kind of came in and was just like, <laughs> and then walked off. And I was like, what? What was yeah. that bit? That would make no sense. Right there. That was weird. I um, I will I will give them credit because I love the attention to detail that when Bailey interrupts a segment that has Montez Ford in it, it's not just like, all right, off he goes, off screen, never to be seen mm-hmm. again. Yep. I do like the the connection of everyone knows that Montez Ford and Bianca Belair are married. So tie that in. It doesn't need to be like a crux of the storyline. But when a segment like this happens, it makes more sense to rope that in. That Mm -hmm. being said, I really didn't get the laughter at the end of this segment. (laughs) Like, up till then. Yeah, like, up till then, I I thought it was, like, really good. Like, I thought it was a really good segment. Because, like, Bailey, like, to me, her, um, like, complimenting Bianca Belair over and over again it gave the audience a little bit of like the benefit of the doubt. Like you're smart enough to know that she's not being genuine, you know? And then they threw that away at the end of the segment by going like, ah, see, she was lying. Aha, yeah. She's got to like laugh and make everyone know that she wasn't telling the truth. So I didn't like that part of it, but up till then, if you cut the segment short by like 10 seconds, I thought it was really good. Yeah. It's just weird to me. Cause it was like, the laugh was supposed to be like, haha, I got you. I, I, I hoodwinked you. I'm so smart. <laughs> but Bianca, I don't think ever, like, she didn't think that Bailey was being legit and nor did any of the audience. So she was just laughing because she didn't trick anyone, which is yeah, just. It was odd. It was just totally very odd to me. I get what they were trying to do. It just didn't, it didn't click. Um, after that, we then had tag team match of Alpha Academy versus the Mysterios. Uh, again, a very fun match. It's in-ring quality, really, really good. And the Mysterios won clean. There you go. Fine with me, honestly. Yep, they're going to be next in line for a tag title shot, most likely. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I don't really have too much else to say about this match. It was just very fun. Yeah, I mean, we've seen some variation of these guys together 
I think on every SmackDown show that we've reviewed together, and there's been like four of them now. So that might be considered a bit of an issue. But if it's a good match every time, I'm not going to complain about it, honestly. Like, I love seeing Rey Mysterio. I think Dominic Mysterio is actually really, really good. I think Chad Gable is really, really good. And then you got Otis, who's like, he can fit in and not be good. Yeah, he's like, he's a solid good. I like, I like it, you know? Just like yeah. keep giving me good matches. I'm not going to complain about like the good matches not being all, well, they're not the matches that I want. You know, I'm going to take what I can get on SmackDown. And this was a really fun match. Yeah, it was. Um, I, you know, the tag division only has four teams in it, but I do like three of those teams. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. it's, they, they could put, they could put on some, some fun matches. Um, the one team that, that just, you don't, you don't like. Ziggler and Rude, man. I just oh, and they're the champions. I just, I just, I just don't. I just don't. Um, and then we got the main <laughs> event segment. And Cesaro and Brian came out literally as the Mysterios were celebrating, being like, "All right, time's up. Come on, off you go. We've got our main event segment." Yeah, it was weird because they they finished the seg this they finished the show like two minutes early too, and like hmm. it felt like they were rushing. Like anytime okay. segments like this overlap, I'm just like, "Are you trying to hit a time cue? Is that what's going on?" But mm-hmm. then they finished early. So I'm just like, why couldn't you just wait two minutes? And like, maybe they were just really trying to lead into the main event segment. I don't know. It, Probably. It's fine. Yeah. But every time it happens, I'm just like, what's going on here? Yeah. There's got to be some reason. Speaking of uh, absolutes in that, that main event uh, promo segment, the biggest main event in SmackDown history we're getting next week, apparently. You know, I won't argue it. Honestly, I, like I, I could probably go back through the memory bank and find like a bigger SmackDown main event. But if this is going to be a universal title match between Roman and Daniel Bryan, that's also Daniel Bryan's retirement. That might be the biggest SmackDown main event, you know? Yeah. Like, I don't yeah. know if that's hyperbole. Yeah. I, yeah, I like, I can't think of anything immediate that comes to mind. I feel like there's been bigger SmackDowns just like, from the past but i i genuinely can't think of any off the top of my head but i reckon I mean, like one. the first the first smackdown had a big main event when it was triple h versus the rock for the wwe championship like that's, yeah, that's pretty big cool. with Shawn michaels as the referee on the first smackdown mm-hmm. so like there were big moments like maybe the iron man match between mm-hmm. kurt angle and brock lesnar for the wwe yeah. title like that was a pretty big one yeah. uh, i don't know there's like there's a bunch of like really big matches but this is this is a, a situation where if WWE tells me this is the biggest match ever and you actually look at it, I'd be like, yeah, it you know, I, yeah. I could probably if you were paying me to debate it, I could probably come up with an, an argument. But if you just said that, I'd be like, yeah, I, I buy it. Yeah, yeah, that's totally fair. Um, but also uh, largest man I've ever seen for <laughs> Commander Aziz and, uh, you know, and the, the yeah. greatest WrestleMania moment in history of uh, Cesaro's UFO. So maybe they're just chipping away at me and just being like, I don't believe anything you say anymore. <laughs> um, anyway, that was the show. Overall, I thought this was a much better show than last week uh, because it felt like a show with stories that actually progressed. And we had some new things. You know, we had Apollo versus KO, which is pretty good. The whole dynamic with Seth and Jay and, and Brian and Cesaro was new and cool and interesting. Um, some good progression to stories, some really good in-ring action, which is what you want on a wrestling show. There's a lot of wrestling on this wrestling show. Do more of that, please. Um, 
and I'm I'm in on Anastasia Black, and I'm curious on where the Cesaro Reign stuff goes from here. I gave this a low four out of five. Yeah, honestly, if the Tamina Nia Jax match wasn't on this show, I think I would have gone five out of five for this SmackDown. Really? Wow. I really, really enjoyed this SmackDown. Like, I don't remember the last time I watched a weekly episodic WWE show and just went, wow, like that show just like, it just put me in such a good mood. That mm. being said, because of like a few of the things that I found a little bit uh, less than positive, I will say that this is a very solid four out of five, but right there could have been, could have been the five out of five, but maybe next time. So before we get on to the rest of your ultra chats, we need to say thank you to some very special people. It's a bumper edition of the shout outs today because it's the end of the month. So we're getting through all the rest of them. So we're saying thank you to our very special pledge hammers over on Patreon. If you haven't been to WrestleTalk's Patreon page yet, you should. Next week, we've got WrestleTalk After Dark, which is where a bunch of us just get together and just drink and just chat absolute nonsense for a couple hours. That'll be going up next week, um, so you can check that out very soon. And also, if you pledge at the $25 or above tier, you get your custom wrestling nickname, and it gets read out on a show, much like this one. So, thank you to Let's Get Larry, Harry Harry. Woo! Thank you very Woo. much. We've got Name of Your 2000s Pay-Per-View, Chaos Rising. Doesn't that just sound like a 2000s pay-per-view? Thank you it very much. It sure does. Like, that was yeah. absolutely a WCW pay-per-view for 2001 that didn't air yet especially because chaos is spelt with a K just throwing that yeah. out there as well. It throws it into it more. Um, float like a butterfly. Samad Ali. Woo. Woo. Thank you very much. Welcome back, Samad. I like this next one. We've got dodgeball. David Vaughn. Thank you for doing the hand motion. I appreciate you. <laughs> Fantastic. Mr. Good old Fox. Woo. Very nice. Thank you very, much. very nice. We've got Alex Bourne ultimatum. Woo. Woo. Thank you very much. Good movie. Pledge hammer power. Hero in the half shell. Woo. Thank you very much. I wonder how many of these are come up by like Luke with his like old 80s, 90s uh, references. That one was me. Oh, that's, I'm very proud of you, Pete. Yeah. That's a good one. That's very good. Uh, we've, got, we've got the venerable Jesse Venable. Woo. Yes. Thank you Woo. very much. Appreciate it. The gent, Robert Brent. Woo. Very nice. We've got Halloween Havoc Central. Woo. Yes. Woo. Havoc also spelt with a K. Also um, a WCW pay-per-view. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Colin McLeaner than Finn Balor. Woo! Thank you very much. It's pretty lean, honestly. Yeah. We've, we've got B-A-N-A-N-A-S, Hannah Bananas. <laughs> yeah, thank you. <laughs> Love that Gwen Stefani reference. Um, <clears throat> got to do the voice for this one. Got to do my best Batman voice. <clears throat> I'm Batty Man. Nathan Batty. Woo! That's, thank you very much. That's pretty good, honestly. I didn't know what we were going to get there, but that's pretty good. <laughs> We've got A, our favorite emailer, the one and only Gabriel. Yeah, thank you very much. <laughs> I love this one. This was such a stupid name. <clears throat> An expert dancer, great swayer man. Because <laughs> he sways greatly. <laughs> Clearly. We've got Yo Adrian Rocky. Yeah, thank you very much. And finally, for the month, we've got who wants to walk with Daniel Elias Chrysler? Woo! Yeah. Yes, thank you very much. Thank you, very everybody. Good. 
let's get into the rest of your ultra chats before we get out of here today. Last chance to get those in wrestletalk.com forward slash support. We'll get through every single one of them before we get out of here today. <clears throat> Rangers Mayhem says, could this be Brian's last match? On SmackDown, Brian moves the Raw to boost the ratings. Also, did you know there's a pay-per-view tomorrow with a title for title match? Not sure AEW knows. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is such yeah. a thing. <laughs> yeah. It's a shame. Uh, yeah, I could yeah. totally see Brian moving to Raw. I don't think he will. I. This is why I'm so intrigued for the match. If I thought it was just going to be, oh, Brian's going to move to Raw, then I don't think I'd be as intrigued as in, in, in a match. But with the whole possibility of the contract expiration thing floating around, uh, I'm 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 quite curious. So yeah, I think this yes. this match I think this match comes at a really good time with like mm. all the reports coming out about Daniel Bryan's future because it <laughs> yeah. adds that like next level of like I can really suspend my disbelief when I watch this match that like a big change will come, and if they do like a random retirement match on the middle of you know February for no reason, I'm not going to be as invested in it. But right now, I'm just like, yeah, I have no idea what's going to happen. And that's very exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, and also, yes, AW should have done a better job for promoting the Rich One versus Kenny Omega match at Rebellion. Um, speaking of Rebellion, Wrestle League predictions are up. You should, If you're a Pledge Hammer on Patreon, another reason to go on Patreon, you've got Impact Rebellion predictions. Um, get those in because it's the next show for the, the season, for season 10. Go do your predictions. Um, Matthew Makovsky says, uh, Alistair Black did say Dragon. I, I I know that. Yeah, it was chapter yeah. one, the dragon. Uh, and oh my god, Tempest, you know what I'm getting at. I hope you do. Black versus Shingo the dragon. My god, that match would hump and bang our brains out. How good it is. Well, that would have to be very good. But yeah, I mean, I think I mean I think Shingo Takagi is like one of the best, most dynamic wrestlers in the world. Like when I think of a dynamic wrestler, like mm -hmm. someone who wastes no motion, who's everything they do looks super crisp. The two names that come to mind for me are Shingo Takagi and Kenny Omega. Mm -hmm. I just oh love Shingo, one of my favorite guys, and Alistair Black is one of my favorite guys in WWE. So I don't, I mean, I don't think this match is going to happen anytime in the near future. But if it happens before either one of them retires, I would be very, very excited to see it again. Mm -hmm. uh, HCB comes in to say SmackDown was really good as usual, but I hate heel versus heel storyline, so I hate the women's tag title feud. It doesn't help, it's also boring and repetitive. Seriously, what is actually a satisfying conclusion to this feud, as we're meant to hate both? Uh, I mean, they're, they're changing now Natalia and Tamina, who've been very much pushed as, as heels, because Tamina got cheered at WrestleMania, they're now make, making them the, the baby faces in this. Mm. Um, it's, it's not working, I'm not cheering no. for them. But, you know, at least it's not heel versus heel. So that's something. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think there's like, I don't think they have an end goal or an end game for this rivalry storyline. I don't think many of the fans watching it are like really anticipating that big title win for Natalia and Tamina. Like, none of it really matters, honestly. It just Maybe they just are. Filling time. Maybe they are. I hope someone out there is like really all in on Tamina. It's just like that's gonna it's probably like Dan or somebody. Like somebody yeah. in our Discord chat loves Tamina and wants to see her do well. So for those people, I hope she does and I hope they get that moment. Yeah. Uh we got one here from Anderson Floyd that says, Guess my chopper is more Pete and less corporate now. Poor Mr. Davis, how will the most kawaii person in all of sports infotainment go on without his best friend and right hand man? Where was all this come? I don't understand why people are saying that I'm 
like me and Mr. Davis are, are splitting or anything. Like I'm still corporate chopper. I'm still right here. I've not been wearing the jacket. As I've said many times, the lining's getting really itchy. I kind of need a new uh, 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 soup jacket anyway. And it's getting a bit warmer. You know, it's just tough to wear in conditions like these. You know, there's a lot of stuff going on why I don't want to wear the jacket, but I'm still, I'm still part of the only theory. It's still, we're still strong. We're still good. You know, there's nothing, there's nothing going on. There's nothing crazy. Okay. I don't know why you guys keep talking about it. It's just there's nothing wrong. Okay. Okay. Glad we got that sorted. Voice just kept getting higher and higher and higher. I, I don't know what you're talking about. <clears throat> I don't know what you're talking about either, Pete. <laughs> Back to the Batman voice. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Rachel! Um, Hockey pads! <laughs> Where is she? I have an email here, uh, Tempest, from Juan Gabriel. Love um, Juan. Who says... Yeah, who says, hey, ass man, the Q-tip. Hate that. And my favorite of WrestleTalk, Tempest. Aww. Isn't that nice? Oh, thank you. Yeah. Uh, so, WrestleMania 37 is in the books as one of the best events in recent memory, mostly thanks to Night 1 and the second half of Night 2. I was re- uh, recollecting, recollecting on the years of WWE that I've consumed, which is from 1999 to currently. I'm 25. It's been 21 years of main roster WWE. Uh, as I've seen some WCW come and leave and seeing AEW becoming a refreshing addition to weekly wrestling, it hurts to see the company that I dedicated decades to become the product it is today. Like Ollie said on his Monday review, we're all in an abusive relationship with the main roster. I've stopped watching and have stayed up uh, stayed up to date with you guys since 2015, but inside of me, I always hold on to the centimeter of hope for this company. I want to see them have great storylines, create new superstars, and get back to having an average of 10 million viewers like back in the days of the Ruthless Aggression era and some Attitude era. It hurts me to see what this company does now i'm a supporter of all wrestlings will support nxt aw impact ring of honor hell even nwa i just want great wrestling and great storytelling from wwe nothing too crazy i love you guys for everything you do and what you guys uh and what you guys do inside and outside of wrestle talk jam that jam yes please and support each other your email chief and head of the emails juan gabriel he's getting himself over now Oh, yeah, totally. Um, yeah, thank you for that email, Juan. Uh, I'm with you. I want WWE to be good. I mean, as you guys have just heard, because this is the outro portion of the podcast, we were quite positive about this show, I think. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Maybe I was Maybe I was a downer. I don't know. We haven't recorded it yet. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, they, they have the capability. I think it's mainly just Raw. Raw is Raw's bad. Raw's terrible. And if they just yeah. need to turn around. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to limit it to just Raw, because, I mean, I really like this episode of SmackDown, but there's there's improvements to be made everywhere, mm. you know, yeah, and my, my gripes with WWE all kind of stem down to a lot of, like, the systematic things about mm. it, not necessarily what actually gets put on the television, but it's just, like, you know, the rapid camera cuts, they're are terrible, mm-hmm. they need to go, I'd like better commentary, yep. I'd like the idea of, like, formulaic matches to go away so just like things that hopefully can be changed easily it's not like they just have a big old group of bad wrestlers right Mm. that would be like a harder problem to change but that's not the case like obviously they have a very talented roster i think it's just the way that like they frame and portray everything is what can really be fixed and that's an easier thing to fix you just kind of need to decide to fix it because i'm the same Mm -hmm. way i want wwe to be great I remember watching when, at least in my young child mind, WWE was great. 
but I definitely remember seeing a lot of really, really good rivalries and matches on a very consistent basis. And I'd like to get back to that because more good yeah. wrestling everywhere is better for everyone. Yeah, 100% agree. Um, thank you for the email, Juan. We've got one here from the headmaster, Jonathan Hedman. Says a good appropriate day, uh, time of day, intangibles. Uh, it's been a weird week to say the least, but I probably won't get a chance to ask this again. Now, this is a question I have no idea on the context of, and I don't know where this has come from. I was wondering what Tempest Beef was with Wesley Blake. <laughs> uh, uh, also, if you could spend a dinner <laughs> with a historical wrestler, who would you want it to be? Take care and jam that jam. Ooh, see, that's a more fun question. Um, it's not much of a beef, really. I just think he's not very good. There you go. You know, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Ever since I saw him in NXT, wasn't wasn't a really big fan of Wesley Blake, but I'm trying to trying to be more positive these days. Mm -hmm. But yeah. Uh, yeah, he he wasn't my favorite wrestler. I'll put it that way. Uh, a yeah. historical wrestling. I don't know what you consider historical. Maybe just, just not any current. wrestler. Yeah. I, I still think you could do current if you want to, like just anyone in wrestling. Okay. I'd say. Ooh. See, that's just so tough. Like, I remember uh, on Quizlemania, it got brought up, like, what wrestler do you want to have a coffee with? Which, mm -hmm. I mean, is basically, I think, the same thing, Yeah. really. Perhaps just a little more casual. Uh, but either way, my answer for that was Edge. Just because mm -hmm. I love I love Edge. He's, like, he's my favorite wrestler ever. And I feel like we have a decent amount of, like, common interests. Like, yeah. he's a Maple Leafs fan. I'm a Maple Leafs fan. I know he's a big Foo Fighters fan. I'm a big Foo Fighters fan. Like, I'd see, I don't know. We just seem like we would have a lot to talk about, and I think we'd get along well. Because I mean, I love Jeff Hardy too, but I don't know that Jeff Hardy and I would really like vibe on the same frequency. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, you know. So I, I would probably say Edge. Uh, my one, I think, would probably be. I'd probably stick to wrestling discussions because I don't know how many wrestlers I would genuinely like vibe with that well. Um, so I'd probably do someone who knows how to like craft a story in the ring and try and get that insight on like crafting stories inside the ring. Someone like a Bret Hart or like a Mr. Perfect or like great. a, you know, so, so someone like that who can just, who knows how to do the psychology of, of wrestling and how they, how they do that and like kind of deep dive on that kind of subject with them. I think that would be really interesting. Um, yeah, Bret, Bret Hart was like my second answer, mm -hmm. honestly. Yeah. When I went to SummerSlam in 2019, they did their, it wasn't access, but it was like a WWE meet and greet thing. Right. You know, it just wasn't all dressy. You know, sure. it was just like, it was in a convention center and everything. And I was there doing my thing, met some cool people and Bret Hart was signing, but you had to go and like buy a ticket for that mm. one. That wasn't one you yeah. just had to go and line up for. And if I was not at my very brokest at this moment. Yeah, I 100%. I, I was so tempted to just go, man, I don't care how much money I got in the bank. It's mm -hmm. Bret Hart. Because, like, again, Edge and Bret Hart are both in my top three wrestlers of all time. The other one's mm -hmm. Hiroshi Tanahashi. Nice. I just love these guys. Like, my appreciation for Edge and Bret Hart has just grown so much more as I've watched more wrestling over the years. Mm -hmm. Just going back and watching their old stuff. They're just so good. I'd love to talk to either or both of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you on that. Um, we've got one more email here from a different Juan. Juan Luis Bialona. Sorry if I butchered that one. Who says, Hola, L-I-W. 
it's catching on. Wrestle talk. It's catching. It's catching. That's the the subject of the email as well. It's lost intangibles. The wrestle talk. Love it. Um, got my stan. Um, good. Uh, uh, God, I've forgotten everything to do with Spanish since I learned it. Um, bueno. Yeah. <laughs> good. Um, uh. <laughs> Don't know what else to ask you this week, so I'll just give you a weird English to Spanish fact. Did you know that a billion isn't the same in English and Spanish? A billion in English is followed is one followed by nine zeros, and a billion in Spanish is one followed by twelve zeros. So what you call a billion, we call it a thousand million. And what you and what we call a billion, you call a trillion. And the list goes on. Have a big one, y'all. Uh, I feel like that that was a I feel like that was a problem with like uh, uh an English and American thing to start with. Cause I, I seem to remember that was a whole thing that like, Oh, the Americans, they have their billion weird or whatever, but I feel like we've changed it to match what the Americans say now. So I think we at least match up with billions and, and th- I don't think a thousand million is a thing anymore here. No. So, I but yeah. Hey, I'll, I'll take, yeah, I'll take all of that over how like the French say 80. <laughs> that that's that to, that to me is a much bigger issue where like you guys really thought that that was like the most optimal way to say that not mm-hmm. just create a new word for eight zero but no four nope. 420s just blaze no yeah exactly yeah god that yeah language is so stupid like it's just so weird yeah i would hate to have to like learn a language <laughs> yeah just in general just learning yeah. languages is dumb yeah, yeah like I, my hat english, goes english is so stupid english is like the most nonsensical language when you really mm-hmm. think about it like yeah. my hat goes off to anyone who can learn a new language after the age of like six because mm-hmm. i i just can't wrap my mind around it as much as yeah. I, I would love to i would love to be able to learn spanish or japanese or such and such but i just it's not there. It's not in my brain. Yeah, man. Like I, the thing is, languages were like my 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 good thing at school. I was really good at both Spanish and French when I was at school, and like languages were the thing that I got. And then since leaving school and leaving all that behind, I've tried again to go back to. I'm like, nah, this ain't happening mm-hmm. anymore. Like <laughs> maybe when I was like 12, 13, I could pick this stuff up, but nah, not anymore. Jesus, it's it is it is completely like it's like a foreign language. Funny that, isn't it? And you just it's it's just so hard to comprehend anything and like equate things together. Oh, it's yeah, it's it's terrible. Um, but yes, massive props to everyone out there that has a second language or third or fourth. You're mental if you have more than two languages that you know. <laughs> just throwing that out there. Um, but yeah, if you guys want to email in, by the way support at wrestletalk.com is the place to do so um and if you could get your emails read out on the show much like we just did for for these lovely folks um so yeah e- email in it gives us uh, stuff to talk about um also i was gonna ask someone else did we talk about the rooster on the We've show talked... yeah on the, on the wednesday show no, i mean the update on the rooster because I, I we mentioned it in the intro right but did we well, do the I full mean, story of the rooster? As in, like, the the, the the full update of where it's supposed to go? Because I can't remember if we talked about that off-air or when we started recording. I think it was when we started recording. Okay, that's good, then. People do already know about the rooster. That's good. Also, yeah. the one thing that we definitely haven't mentioned, and people can't see it right now, is that you've changed your hair color. 
I did. I have never, ever changed my hair color before, and I don't know what inspired me to do it this time, but I was just bored in quarantine, I suppose, so mm-hmm. changed my hair color from a nice, light brown, dirty blonde color to a very solid purple, which mm. is as drastic of a change I think you can make for your first time dyeing your hair. Probably, yeah. I mean, it may be, you know, like fluorescent pink, maybe would have been possibly another step, but... Can we get can we get that going? Can we get that for like I don't know maybe like a charity drive or something? We'll just say Tempest will do pink hair. Well, I mean you could do that, but also I do wear a mask, so I don't know how mm-hmm. tempting it would be for the for the viewers to to donate for. But can you, I'm more can than you, happy to do it. Can you grow your hair so it's long enough that you can pull it over the front of your face and it comes out through the eye holes so people can see it? Is that, I could probably is that do possible? that now, honestly. Yeah, I could probably I could need. probably do that now. <laughs> <laughs> that's what we really need for people to get the full effect. It'll be yeah. great. Because when I put on the mask, I usually put all my hair back and then slip mm-hmm. the mask on because otherwise it yeah. like gets in my face a little bit. Yeah. And I mean, if I didn't do that, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I could just have like a bunch of hair coming through the eye holes of my mask. It would be perfect. You wouldn't have to see. It's yeah. fine. I, I can barely see in this thing anyway. <laughs> yeah, Honestly, the eyes aren't close enough together. <laughs> Genuinely, I'm baffled by like, because I hate like having anything that blocks any part of my view. Like I used to play when I was younger, I used to play cricket because, you know, English. Um, yep. And uh, anytime I went out to bat, I'd have to wear a helmet and I'd hate it. I'd hate having just like the enclosed video because I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I hate this. I don't know how people can wrestle in masks. It's bananas i don't understand yeah yeah i mean the the mask that i wore during my match it didn't really obstruct my vision at all which Mm. was nice it obstructed my breathing more than anything Mm. but this honestly i just kind of used to it i haven't aside from just the training montage video that i did before one of the quizlemanias uh i haven't really done a whole lot in the ring with this mask but when i've just done streams or different things here and there it uh it obstructs my vision like in the middle like i can't really mm-hmm. see here but as the podcast listeners can very clearly see mm. but uh you just kind of get used to it honestly yeah it's like how you get bad. used to just like you look at your nose all the time mm-hmm. but you forget that it's there it's like the same thing like that yeah yeah that that does make sense masks are weird eyes are weird brains are weird people are weird languages are weird come full circle um anyway <laughs> very roundabout way of doing things uh anyway that's gonna do it for this episode of the wrestle talk podcast thank you very much for listening everyone we appreciate you all coming out uh we've got another nxt podcast next week with me and tempest which should be a lot of fun uh got obviously loads more content coming up soon as well so stay tuned for all of that and uh yeah take care of each other stay safe we love you very much goodbye even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.